So here's my intro, ready? Sure. I just wrote this. All right. This is a new one. Let's go. Today is May 27th, 2020, and my name is Jeffrey Cabelli. Those are the only two things I know for certain. <laughs> the rest of life is simply complicated, hence the name of my show. Um, I'm here to discuss how simply complicated baseball is, and I am honored to share time and space with today's guest, Eric Holtz. Um, hey, Eric, and thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. This is awesome. I am so, I've, done, I've covered so many things. Listen, I've done politics, religion, domestic abuse, like you name it. I haven't done my favorite subject on the planet, which is baseball, and there was no better person that I thought I should have than you. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and that's great, because I don't normally discuss politics or religion. We're not going to touch any <laughs> <laughs> But this is perfect timing, because I had seen you. The, the reason for, I've been watching you for a while, and I wanted to reach out to you. To eventually, uh, you were on, my, like, on the docket, but you had posted something recently, and it was kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I just want to get out there. So I was like, oh, he's going to say yes. And you did, because a lot of people are still kind of nervous. Right? So really, thank you for that. Sure. The thing that I am, um, I, I want to jump right into the, I, the the whole Israel, you managing the Israel national baseball team sure. for, was it the Tokyo Olympics? It Well, was supposed to be the Tokyo Olympics this year. It was supposed to be July this year. Um, and, you know, due to Corona, it's been pushed back for a year. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I guess it just makes me a little bit more relevant for another year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll give you background on, on, on how that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like, how do you even get that job? So, okay. So, I mean, it's a crazy long story. So in, in 2006, a buddy of mine who was playing men's baseball with me says, hey, Holtz, there is a tryout for a professional baseball league in Israel. I go, Glenn, there is no professional baseball league in Israel. He goes, no, I'm telling you, I saw it in the New York Times. Um, I said, Glenn, there's, they have basketball, they have soccer, there's no baseball. He goes, I'm telling you, I saw this advertisement, Dan Duquette, who had just uh, been removed from the GM of the Red Sox, is the head of player development. He owns this place up in the Berkshires. He's running it. He's the, he's the director of, of player development. Um, let's go up there, dude. I go, Glenn, like we're 40-some-year-old guys. I'm 40. You're like 44. What are we doing? He goes, worst come to worst, we go up, we get a pro tryout, we get lunch, and we play some baseball and come home. <laughs> right. So we go up there, and I had just played a doubleheader on Sunday the day before with the Mud Hens. Uh, we drive up to the Berkshires, and here we are, like two 40-some-year-old guys with kids that are, like, just turned 18. Most of the kids are in their early 20s. And then there's Glenn and I. And they take us through, like, a pro tryout. And, and you know, I run a 60, and, and I'm taking ground balls at short and, 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 and balls in the outfield. And then they go to, like, a controlled scrimmage game. And I know this is kind of what got me signed. Um, kids throwing on the mound, and uh, it was my first at bat, and uh, he throws a, a fastball down the middle. I don't swing. I just want to see what this kid's got. And uh, so, 0-1, uh, he throws a curveball, strike two. Now, I step out of the batter's box. I turn to the umpire, and I go, 0-2, huh? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, great. I got him right where I want him. And you could see right behind the turtle was Dan Duquette and then a scout from like the Cubs and, 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 and the Cardinals and whatever. And 
the next pitch, a kid tries to bust me in with a fastball, and I just hit an absolute laser beam to left field. So here I am on first base, 0-2. The kid definitely made a mistake, and they're shaking their head like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. First pitch, I steal second. I'm 40 years old, dude. I steal second on the first pitch, and now they're like talking. I, I, I see them talking, and, and, and anyway, I, I, I end up having a pretty good trial, but I'm 40 years old. So I'm getting ready to leave, and it was probably like a six- or seven-hour day. And uh, as soon as I leave, like, I walked over to them, and I said, guys, this is awesome. Like, thanks for a great day. I had, like, really a lot of fun. And they go, uh, hey, come back here. Are you serious about this? I said, I don't know. Why, you making me an offer? They go, are you serious about this? I said, "Uh, I guess you know, let's see. I get in my car. I'm driving home. I call my wife. I go, hey, babe, pack your bags. We're moving to Tel Aviv. Are you nuts? Like, are you out of your mind? And six months later, they sent me a contract to be a player coach in the one and only professional league in Israel. That's so cool. So I get drafted as a player coach. I mean, it's just from, you're saying one at bat? I mean, it was no, well, no, it was the whole day. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I really, you know, at 40, you know, now I'm 54, but at 40, you know, and still I, I pride myself on being, you know, pretty decent shape for my age. Um, I was playing a lot of baseball at the time and, and, you know, I could play, I, I, I could play. So, um, then I think they did some homework and, and found out that I had been coaching college baseball as well. And, and that um, was at Manhattanville. Correct? That was at Manhattanville at the time. And, and, um, Knowing that, so they had put me with Ron Bloomberg, who's like the nicest guy ever, uh, not the sharpest tool. And 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 Ron was only going to be there for a handful of the time, maybe like a week out of the ten weeks. So it was basically my team. So uh, long story short, we go through a forty-five game season, first place, we win the championship, and uh, you know that was my experience in Israel. It was it was amazing. I got to spend ten weeks in like the most unbelievable country that I've ever been to Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, my wife and three kids were able to come for like three weeks in the middle of my 10 weeks there so I got to share it with them they were very young at the time I want to say Jordan who's now 27 married and just passed his bar exam might have been 12 you know Uh, and my daughter who's a nurse was like you know if he was 12 she was eight and my my 21 year old was six it was a long time ago and 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 but they got to taste Israel and feel Israel and, and, and now uh, are you bilingual? Are you not familiar with the language? Not at all. Not at all. Like I, and, but and uh, there's a lot of English speaking there, correct? Oh my God. Everybody speaks English. Okay, I, I was mortified. Like for the month leading up to it, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm like trying to re- like read and, 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 and learn online. And when I got there, thank God everybody speaks English. I mean, and, and enough English where you can get by. Sure. Okay. So, that's the summer of 2007. We come back. We win the championship. Um, I get involved in coaching now at Westchester Community College. I took some time off from Manhattanville. And, um, you know, my, my kids were getting more serious into baseball and softball at the time. So I, I wanted to be a dad. It was real important to me. We were um, just talking about that before we started. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, my, my father passed away when I was 11 years old. And um, so it was real important for me to be able to be around for my kids. And as much as I love coaching, there's still nothing I enjoy more than watching my kids compete. 
Um, so I kind of took a step back from coaching. I was able to stay involved with Westchester Community College as a hitting instructor, um, and they kept me on as an assistant coach. But I, re I really spent more time um, with my kids at, at that point. Um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to get to how this whole Israel thing happened. So in 2013, um, a, a, a kid who's – I call him a kid. He's now 40 years old, but – he um, was my roommate in Israel. He played on a different team, but we became incredibly close. He asked me to be his assistant coach for Team USA in the Maccabee Games. So the Maccabee Games, uh, if you're not familiar, it's kind of like the Jewish Olympics. And every four years, they have it where it's in Israel. Mm. So I got to be the assistant coach on Team USA in 2013. We win the gold medal. Um, before we left the country, the guy who ran the Maccabi uh, asked me if I would want to or be interested in taking over as the head coach for 2017. So I did. And, and um, you know, again, that was a great experience. And, and, and you know, I would go and, and run tryouts. Uh, we ran tryouts in New York and Chicago and California. I met a lot of great people. And then when the guy who runs Israel baseball, it's called the IAB, Israel Association of Baseball, found out I was coming back in 2017, he asked if we could meet in the city. He, he was in uh, New York for business and asked if we could meet for breakfast. I had no idea what he was going to hit me with. And he found out I was coming back to Israel uh, to be the head coach of Team USA in the Maccabi Games. Um, and it was that morning at, at breakfast that he asked me if I would consider taking on the role as the head coach of the national team for Israel. And, you know, and you kind of knew what went into it a little bit. It's not, I didn't, I, Jeff, I didn't oh, even I as in a, <laughs> cause you had a little background doing, I it, had right? background coaching. I mean, coaching wasn't the issue, but sure. I had no idea really. What did it mean to be the, 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 the national team head coach? Like, what was my responsibility going to be? How much time did I have to commit? Um, where are we going? Where was the training, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a New York guy, you know. So, you know, not being embarrassed, like, I needed to talk to my wife. And I have the coolest wife ever who has never said no to me chasing my passion, which has always been baseball, whether it was playing, coaching, whatever. Um, she's been super. So I checked with her, and, and long story short, what it meant was, so I was already away for three weeks with Team USA. We win the gold medal on Tuesday. Wednesday, I become the head coach of Israel. I now have, like, five days to put together who plays where, a rotation, a lineup, positionally, what are we doing? We get on an airplane and we fly to Serbia. And we're playing in what is the B pool. So in, in European baseball, there's an A pool, a B pool, and a C pool. At that point, Israel had gotten out of the C pool and we were in the B pool. Now, you play a lot of men's baseball and I am not pooping on Israel, but some men's teams that I play for here could have competed with that B team uh, in Israel in 2017. We make it to the championship game. 
Okay, I mean, with it, with it, with it. Uh, I'm not saying like a team of, of of misfits, but I mean, there were there were old guys, there were young guys, there were kids that were still in the army who were 18 years old, had no facial hair. We make it to the championship game. We lose to Austria. Mm-hmm. We ran out of pitch and we lose to Austria. I'm excited. What an incredible experience this was. My daughter is my team nurse, so I get to spend time with her. And, oh, that's and, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 she stayed involved. Up until now, I mean, she's still involved. Um, it was awesome. So now I've been away from home for six weeks, and I go back to Israel for two days. I just want two days to decompress. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I on the beach before we go home. And again, Peter Kurz, who's the president of the IAB, calls me. Says, "Where are you?" I told him I'm on the beach. Here he comes in work clothes on the beach. He won't let me leave the country. He said, listen, the guys love you, man. He goes, will you stay on? <laughs> and I said, Peter, I, I don't even need to think about this. You know, the answer is, you know, unequivocally, yes. So having gotten to the championship, it gave me a much better idea of how to prepare now for 2019. Now, 2019 was the Olympic qualifier. And now, let me ask you something because you're going, you're traveling and coming back. Um, these guys, obviously, you're not from, you're not from Israel. You don't live there necessarily, but all the baseball players do. When you say you didn't know what goes into it, was some of it not realizing how important this could have been to the country? Like, was there anything like that? I'll get to that in a little bit. Sure. Okay. Okay. Because I just want to finish um, the point where we. I knew what it took to compete at that level now. Mm-hmm. We needed to go out and find Jewish baseball players who could help us get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Now, 2019, we were still in the B pool, so we were starting in the B pool. The hope was, and the goal was, to get to the A pool. Israel had never been in the A pool. Nobody even thought about the Olympics. It was just get to the A pool, man. That would be unbelievable. Sure. So we go out between 2017, 2019. Now we start going through college rosters, um, independent league baseball, um, um, uh, affiliated baseball, minor leagues, ex pro guys who were Jewish who they finished their career and they might be interested in playing. Well, here comes the interesting part, Jeff. Just being Jewish isn't enough. You have to do what's, what's called, you have to make aliyah. Make aliyah. Nobody knows what that term means. Making aliyah means that you have to become a citizen of the country of Israel mm-hmm. in order to compete. So now you're a guy from New York and you, you have Jewish heritage. You want to become a citizen so that you can play in in. in potentially the Olympic qualifiers. So we had, I'm going to say, 16 guys go through the process of making Aliyah and now are dual citizens. So they're actually citizens of Israel and and United States citizens so that they would be able to potentially be on our roster. Again, we have a 40-man roster. We only travel 24, so there were no guarantees that if you do this, you're still going to even be on the team. Mm -hmm. They just wanted the opportunity to do it. So That had to be cool just to know you had so much interest, right? Oh, 100%. You know, and and, and we have guys. uh, I I mean, I'm going to throw one at you right now. Nine-year MLB player Danny Valencia. 
Danny Valencia, who was drafted by the Twins out of the University of Miami, last name Valencia. Mm -hmm. He's a practicing Jew. His father is, uh, I think, Cuban. Mother is Jewish and, and was brought up Jewish, bar mitzvah, the whole thing. Wow. Nothing meant more to this guy after his career was done than to go and become a citizen of Israel. Like, it was crazy, yeah, man. That's cool. So, so, um, so there was so much involved in, in getting us to a point where we thought we could compete. And there's a local kid. There's a kid from here that a lot of people don't know about, a Lakeland High School kid. Yeah, Who's man. that? You so, have a kid on Lakeland High School playing on the team? I have a kid that played at Lakeland, Lakeland High School. Um, I followed his career because he was a year younger than my older son. Uh, stud, just a stud athlete. Um, Gatorade Player of the Year, two years in a row. New York State Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior and a senior. Goes to the University of Richmond, gets hurt. Uh, wow, that's a good score for baseball. Back. Great. Wow. His name is Jonathan DeMarte. Jonathan DeMarte. Nice Jewish boy, right? DeMarte. <laughs> DeMarte. No idea. His father is, is Catholic or Christian. Uh -huh. His mother is a practicing Jew. And and again, so so here's a kid. I followed this kid his entire career. He lived 15 minutes away from me. I had no idea he was Jewish. So all this stuff starts coming together, but it's like anything else. You know, at the beginning of a, a, a major league season, all 30 teams think they have a shot to win, right? Everybody says, man, we retooled, we're good, we're good. But we're still in the B pool, guys. We, mm -hmm. we, we still have to start in the B pool. And, and, and people look at us. I'm only laughing because I know what it feels like to have a really good practice and being like, yo, we're good. Oh, we're and really then, And then facing a team and you go, right. ah, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden it gets live and yeah. it's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we show up. First of all, people are looking at us like the Jamaican bobsled team. Okay? <laughs> like, no joke, because that's it's, so Israel. It's, right. it's Israel. Right. It's Israel. And Israel's not known for baseball. Like, they're known for kibbutzes and beaches and basketball, yes. Soccer, yes. Baseball, no. Cool Runnings is the name of that movie, if you want to see that history on the Jamaican bobsled team. Right. So everybody really is looking at us like that. So we, 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 we show up to Bulgaria. It's like, okay. First game, we play Greece. Greece is really good. They got a whole bunch of Division I uh, baseball players on the Greek team. But again, similar. They're, they're United States uh, citizens who are dual citizens for Greece. Um, first game, it was close at first. We end up pulling away. We beat Greece. Second game, we beat Serbia. Third game, we beat Bulgaria. Now we have what is going to turn out to be our biggest foe. We have the Russian national team. Now. Russia's good. On their own, they're good. Um, I don't see Russia being like, uh, and them being into baseball. That's they, interesting. They, you say have, that. they have and had a lot of minor leaguers on their team, a couple pitchers from the Twins organization. But they also had six Cuban nationals who the entire infield is speaking Spanish, right? And everybody's complaining. Everybody in the, in the whole tournament's complaining. Um, there's no way these guys are Russian, blah, 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 blah. Me being me, I go, guys, I don't care who shows up. We still have to play. I don't care who they are. Let's play baseball. Mm -hmm. Game one ends in a tie. And we have um, international tiebreak rules. Now, I'm familiar with that just because girls softball, I've never seen it in baseball. Basically what it is, the game ends in a tie. 
uh, the last two outs start on first and second base with no outs. They're trying to force action. Yeah, right. Okay, they're trying to force action. So DeMarte, who we just discussed, is on the mound. I bring him in. He's basically our closer. Uh, they bunt. He spins. He throws to third. We got him out. Russian umpire calls him safe. Bases loaded, no outs. I argue I can't get thrown out because it's not going to do any good for my team. The team needs me there. And you know there's no way they're changing this play. Oh, you, no you, you just have to, yeah, you no just have to bark I, a little I, bit. Yeah, I just, I just suck it up and, okay, no problem. Yeah. Top of the 10th inning, Russia scores four runs. We're down four runs in the, going into the bottom of the 10th, and I call the guys in. I go, listen, man, this is easy. They're looking at me. I go, we know what we have to do. I can't bunt, right? They've taken the bunt away. We're down four runs. All we need to do is pass the torch to the next guy. Just keep passing the torch. And you start out the same scenario, right? First and second, First and no outs. second, no outs. I go pass the torch to the next guy. It continues the lineup, right? It's not like it's a... It continues the lineup from where it is. So now we are literally starting with my eight batter. So six and seven are on base. We're starting with our, our eight. I'm telling you, man, I, I'm not one of these guys that remembers like the third shot on hole number nine three years ago. Like, there are guys like that. Usually, I can't remember what I had for lunch. I will walk you through this scenario. Cool. My eighth batter singles. Bases loaded. My nine batter gets hit with a pitch. Here we go. Like, I feel this happening, man. Well, you know, I mean, as a baseball person and any baseball person listening, you know once you turn over the lineup, uh-huh. Now the energy completely changes. Totally changes. What a gift for them to hit my nine batter. I mean, now you got to run in. I got to run in. And, still nobody out, and, and my nine guys on on first base. And your leadoff guy's up. My leadoff guy. Here we just turned it over. My leadoff guy. Uh, so we're down three. My leadoff guy doubles off the wall. We're down one. Second and third, no out. They walk my two. To get to my three. All right, no problem. Who's my three? Just to load the bases, to force a double play. Just to load the bases, play. right. Try and, yeah. try and you know, work a, dub, uh, a, a double play. Who's, who's my three? My three is a 14-year AAA center fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Blake Galen. I'm salivating, dude. I, I, now, there's no really real scouting reports, right? Like, they don't really know your players unless they played you before or watched that That's tournament. a great question. So, we had some scouting for the guys who had played, like, minor league ball and stuff. But if it was just, you know, Boris Karitskikov, you know, <laughs> no, we had no idea who the heck these guys were. No, because I'm just thinking if they really knew who that three guy was, would they have thought about pitching to the two guy? Two guys, not too bad either, though. Gotcha. So, yeah, my two through five were, like, unbelievable. So, so Blake Galen is up, works the count. Again, they got a guy throwing probably low 90s. Uh, they bring in lefty, lefty. Blake is a professional hitter. Um, we're down one run. Nobody out. Three, four, five. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Blake hits a missile, a two-strike missile up the middle. I decide off the bat, I'm sending the guy on second. Make, a, make them make a play. Make them make a play, right? Worst come to worst, I, I, I still have runners in scoring position, whatever. And it's only, they're only going to get one out, right? At, at best, they're only going to get one out. Yeah. So uh, do or die play, center fielder comes up, bobbles the ball. We walk off on Russia. We scored five without recording it out. Wow. So like crazy, dude. I, I, I mean, crazy, like nuts. I try not to be corny. Uh, again, like when I'm coaching kids, I can be a little bit corny. But like these are professional athletes, you know. Um, 
So, <laughs> a Game of Thrones reference, man. We're, we're, we're literally, like, you know, post-game, Russia's walking off the field, slumped shoulders, whatever. And I get the guys in. I tell them, you know, this is why this team is special, man. Like, everybody's bought in. Everybody's doing their job. And I look around, and I'm hoping they all know Game of Thrones. I hope they all watch Game of Thrones. And I look around, <laughs> and I go, and what do we say to the god of death? And everybody just goes, not today. <laughs> and we go nuts, man. We go absolutely just bonkers. And and um, to me, you know, that was like the day that we believed we could compete with anyone, you know. And, and I, I think we beat, I don't know, oh, Ireland. We beat Ireland after that. And then we had to play Russia in the championship. Um one game championship, and as you know in baseball, anything can happen in, in, in one game. Um, again, Russia just doesn't want to see us ever again. Russia was beating us, I think, 3 2 in the eighth inning. Uh, my six foot six first baseman, Simon Rosenbaum, hits a, a, a nuke to right center to tie it. We then walk off on him and beat him 4 3 in the championship. You did it again? To we them? did it again. We did it twice in, th in, in two days to Russia. Um, That's such a good feeling because now you, you, you as a team, you almost know, you feel like you have their number. Like there's no, even if they were to go up, you know you can and, come back. And, and the best part about it, Jeff, was um, fast forward August, September, like four months to November, what we thought was, was actually true. Those uh, Cuban infielders um, weren't nationals at the time we played them. They were made nationals sure. in November, December. But at the time, Russia was playing with, with illegal players, and we still beat them. So how hard uh, – I feel like Israel's pretty good, but I don't know if you finished it. Maybe I missed it. Um, I couldn't get it to get live on Facebook, so don't worry about it. It'll be recorded, yeah, yeah. and we'll post it later. All good. Um, the, just the players getting citizenship, is that a complicated – I don't want to get too – So the process, the it's not, it's that, not easy. It's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of uh, paperwork and, and background checks, letters from the rabbi, um, um, you know – basically proof that you know you were raised jewish fbi background um wow. and then you first have to go to israel to the ministry and have an interview face to face wow. and basically the ministry wants to know why you know you you, you want to make aliyah why do you want to be you know israel's a a, a a great country but uh it's a country that you know has a lot of opposition and a lot of people don't like them um, so it's not like Israel's just handing out passports, right? They mm -hmm. want to make sure that they're screening and vetting the people that want to, um, you know, be citizens of, of their country. So it's a process that takes months. I mean, it takes between three and six months to get it done. So yeah, it's not an easy process at all. So now one of the things that came up and I read it, uh, somebody wrote a story about you. I, f I forget the article who, okay. who actually wrote it. I think it was, it was in Asening, the guy that Oh wrote yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, the writer. Dana White. Dana, Dana White, White, correct. And um, he had wrote in something. In she, there, just, she. Uh, she. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You know why I thought it was a he? Because Dana White of UFC. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, she had brought up the story when you talked about how you were in Germany, basically, and you were talking about how if you were on that soil 70 years before, your welcome wouldn't have been appreciated. So, okay. So after Bulgaria, we have to go to Lithuania. So we were in a 16 pool. Lithuania was in a 16 pool. They won their six their championship. We won ours. We have to go there. We beat Lithuania in two straight, like pretty bad. I think it was like 15 nothing and 13 two, mm -hmm. whatever. Now we go to Germany, and this is where it starts getting real. Israel, 
basically uh, achieve the goal that they set out. We're in the A pool. We got out of the B pool for the first time in the history of Israel baseball, uh, and now we're in Germany. Well, what is Germany? Germany is the European championship. There are 12 teams there. Five get out of Germany to go to Italy for the Olympic qualifiers. Mm. So we win the first three games. For whatever reason, like the schedule is what it is, we have, I'm just going to say three of the weaker teams, the first three teams. Um, Then we have Germany. What seed were you? Are there seeds in that? Or is it just Um, round robin? It doesn't matter. Round robin first. um, There's no advantage in the seed. At all. At all. Um, So with 3-0, we have Germany in Germany. Now, if you have not seen European baseball, it's insane. Every pitch, they're blasting music. It's like a, a, a rave, like like literally, you know. Just, 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 just. You can't I played con- baseball in the DR. I imagine it's similar to that. It, crazy, man. Like, yeah. like you, you can't concentrate. You can't hear yourself think. There's thousands of Germans were playing Germany like on a Saturday night. And I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, and I'm not a religious guy. Like I said, I don't really talk religious. But I'm Jewish, and I'm proud to be Jewish. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's starting to like set in. I'm like, thinking back to World War II and the Holocaust and, 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 and the history of our people. And, and Well, just to see the Israel flag being flown see, on German soils. To hear Hatikva, which is the national anthem of Israel, being played in Germany yeah. um, gave, gave me chills. I mean, just, just gave me chills. To watch parents of our players wearing royal blue and white freely in Germany. It was crazy. Now That's beautiful. It was awesome. But not to be creepy here, I couldn't help think like the the sponsor of the stadium, mm-hmm. we were in Bonn, Bonn, Germany, B-O-N-N, was the Bonn Gas Company. Dude, it was just right. disgusting, freaky, whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, tight game. 2-2, they lead off in the top of the 10th, international tiebreak. What should have been a single was misplayed by my third base, uh, right fielder, and single turns into a triple. Mm-hmm. So we got man on third, nobody out. John DeMarty just comes in and shoves the ball. <laughs> and they don't score. I mean, he strikes. No, no outs, man on third. No outs, man no on run. third. No runs. Can't get a bunt down. That's a gamer right there. Can't get, can't get a bunt down. He strikes somebody out. Like, infield pop-up. We're out. We come back. We score two. We win 4-2. We walk off on Germany, in Germany, thousands of German fans. And I just grab my daughter. And I just hug her. And we're literally, because I didn't have to tell her. Mm-hmm. She just knew. Mm-hmm. Again, she's not religious. No, it's but, a, but it's it historical. was incredibly historic for me, and and for me, um, and I, I, I've I've documented this. I, I've told this a dozen times through the entire Olympic run. It's the only baseball that I have in my office. The only baseball that I kept with the score, the date, whatever. Because you know, as we discussed, or as you brought up, you know, sixty, seventy years ago, we beat Great Britain. And Germany, back-to-back in 24 hours, we couldn't have been in either place mm-hmm. 60 or 70 years ago. So, you know, that was kind of heavy. And, and, and after 
you know, we were on the bus on the way back to the hotel. Um, you know, I just talked to the guys and, you know, I said, you know, a lot of you guys are younger. Obviously, you all know what what would happen. Um, but for me and, and for your parents and your grandparents, this was bigger than baseball today, guys. Mm. It was just a lot bigger than baseball. And, 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 you know, when it got back to Israel and it got back to, you know, uh, again, just, you know, a lot of the Jewish people, it was just, it was a proud day. It was just a, an incredibly proud day. And uh, so here we are, we're sitting 4-0 in Germany. They're only taking five teams to Italy for the Olympic qualifier. And we sit with the coaches and we go, guys, statistically, we're number five right now. We're <laughs> even, number five. Even if you were to lose out, right? Yeah. And we did. We lost out. So, 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 so. You shouldn't have told anybody that. <laughs> we're, we're four and oh. No, no. But we did it. I'm not saying we did it intentionally. No, nobody I know, I nobody know. ever goes on the field planning to lose or, course, or yeah. trying to lose. But we didn't stack our lineup, and we gave guys a day off. You got to remember, we you know we had played a whole lot of games every day. I You're mean, traveling, right? Traveling, guys are tired, muscles, are, you know. So we gave some guys a, a, a day off, and and the next day we play Spain. Now Spain is coached by Luis Soho, and I'm a big Yankee fan. Yeah, wow. so it's kind of neat, you Mr. know, utility, Mr. Right? Utility. So you know, I I get to like talk to Louis, and you know, we're we're, we're having fun pregame. And, um, again, I'm not telling anybody we sandbagged anything, but Spain beat us 16 to nine that day. And, um, we do make it to Italy and mm -hmm. we have Spain game one. And I'm telling you, as I'm sitting here, Luis Soho looked past us cause they, they handled us pretty good in Germany. And all we did that night was shut them out. My guy, Joey Wagman threw a, I don't know, three hit. Nine inning shutout. We beat Spain three nothing, and Spain. And uh, it really, I, I was I was really disappointed. They uh, they refused to shake our hands and 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 just walked off the field. They were so they pulled in Isaiah Thomas. They pulled in Isaiah. <laughs> they were so pissed that they beat that they lost to us. Um, so anyway, so 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 that's Spain. Next game in Germany, we have the number eight team in the world, the Netherlands, mm. right? Up and down, they're just loaded. I mean, minor league ball players up and down, a couple of ex-pros. Um, you know, and the Netherlands have a tremendous history of baseball, and they beat us pretty good. I think they beat us that day in Germany 13-4. Uh, to 4. We have them game two in Italy now in the Olympic qualifier. My guy John Muscat, who had been drafted by the Reds, his arm wasn't right, and, you know, I, I sent him a text the night, uh, two, two nights before, and I said, hey, Johnny, you know, I, I, I need you in relief, you know, tomorrow, and, and just be prepared mentally, and he says, hey, Holtzy, can, can I come down to your room? I, I just want to talk to you. I said, sure, you know, come on down, and, and he said, Holtzy, listen, my arm's hanging, my arm's falling off. He goes, uh, and I don't want to waste it in relief. He goes, this may be the last time I ever throw baseball. This may mm. be the last time I ever pitch. You know your own body. He goes, don't throw me tomorrow. I want the ball against the Netherlands. He goes, I'm going to start that game. I'm going to give you every last bullet I got in the chamber. And if that's how I end my career, I'm getting chills like just, just hearing myself talk about this. He goes, but if that's how my career ends, so be it. I go, John, you got it. And go out against the best or what he perceived and, as the best. And, right? and, 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 and you got the baseball, and I love you, and, and no problem. 
So all John does against the Netherlands, eighth in the world, after we had lost 13 to four, is let up one run through four and two thirds, and we end up beating the Netherlands eight to one. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just beat us 13 to four. Now we have Italy. Go back to Germany. Italy beats us in the last game in Germany on a walk-off in the ninth inning. I'm going to say the score was 4-3. It was a great baseball game. Um, But now, again, we're in Italy, and home field, home country, um, uh, the most professional coaching staff. They have just this incredibly – and here's like ragtag Israel, right? We we show up. And, again, 2-2 game. Crazy game. And it's the top of the eighth, uh, uh, tied 2-2. We have first and third, uh, one out. And Mitch Glasser, my leadoff guy, lays down the craziest safety squeeze I've ever seen. The first baseman comes in hard, hard charging, bobbles it. We score. We go up 3-2. They bring in a pitcher that I've always wanted to see, just not against me. Uh, a guy named Pat Venditti. Pat Venditti, you'll definitely know who when I tell you who he is because the name might not click on its own. He's the ambidextrous pitcher that pitched for the Yankees in Staten Island for a couple of years. He's righty and lefty, right? And he's mid to high eighties both ways. Um, so I, I, I always wanted to see him, but I never wanted because you almost can't believe it. Like, can he really throw mid eighties from both arms? How can you be that good? Yeah. How can you be that athletic and your brain work that? The guy was great. We scored another four off of Venditti. Real quick, what's the rule on that? Once he starts righty from a batter, he has to finish that He has way? to finish the batter. Just Correct. batter, batter to batter. Correct. Yeah. Batter to batter, he can change. You can't uh, change uh, mid-batter. Mid um, so we score. Um, uh, no, I made a mistake. We scored five off Venditti. We end up beating Italy 8-2. to two. And so here we are, like little Israel, who was in the B pool two weeks ago, is now really one game away from qualifying for the Olympics, man. I mean, this is like insane. It's nuts. Who do we play the next day? We play the Czech Republic. Now, we played the Czech Republic, I want to say, like game one in Germany. Good game, but we beat them. 7-4, 8-4, 9-4. I don't remember. Pretty good game. This is. I didn't even know all this happened, really. This and this is why you got to love baseball. And, I, and, and again, I never look past anybody, but we're feeling good and we're confident. And that night, the Czech Republic just had our number. And it just didn't matter what we did. Anytime we'd get a rally going, they'd shut it down. And somebody would make a great play or a diving catch or they would throw out, you know, a guy stealing and we'd score one, they'd score three. We'd score one, they'd score another three. And, and, and before you know it, we just lost to the Czech Republic 7-4. So, you know, again, nobody wants to lose, but I think it took a little bit of the pressure off of the guys of trying to be perfect, um, you know. and, and Just because you were beating some of the best teams, in so the, in your the world, expectations just ex- start. Expectations start going through the roof. You yeah. know, how good are we? How special are we? But again, you know, you know baseball. Anything can happen on any day. So nobody's panicked here because, because of our three previous wins against Spain and, 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 and Italy and, and, and the Netherlands, we have them head-to-head. So all we have to do now 
is beat South Africa. And we beat South Africa, dude. We, 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 we went from the B pool, we're going to the Olympics. So, you know, again, I, I don't do a whole lot of rah-rah stuff, but, um, but, you, but you know what's at stake. We know what's at stake. If South Africa beats us, we're out. You're out, yeah. Because the Czech Republic had two losses. We would have two losses, but they had us head-to-head. So it was very easy. So we're about five minutes out from the stadium in Italy to play South Africa. And it's a weird day. It's pouring in, in, in Parma, Italy. I mean, pouring. The game was supposed to be 5 o'clock. They changed the game to noon. We're not allowed to hit on field because of the rain. Um, it, it just like any reason for things to go wrong it's one of those days. Five minutes before we get to the stadium, I stand up on the bus and I just turn to the guys and I go, you know, anybody else would die to be in the position we're in. We're the only team here that controls our own destiny. Mm. If all you guys do is take care of business today, we will leave the hotel as a baseball team and we'll return as Olympians, and the bus just starts going crazy and banging on the ceiling. The bus driver's like dying, like he's miserable, whatever. Poor South Africa just, just, just had no shot. There. They, they had no idea what was. Well, coming and what were for they them. playing for? Did they have anything at stake? They had nothing to play for at, at that time. But again, no, nobody you'd wants love to play spoiler, right? You'd love course. to knock somebody out, play spoiler. We beat them eleven to one. Um, and um, did you jump on them early? Because that's usually a game where, as long as you jump on them early, like if they get a little confidence, they then scored. You're in they scored first. They did. Yeah. They scored one in the top of the first, and I want to say because you know about momentum. When you get oh, that first run, you go, "Oh, wait a minute! Oh, don't no try question. to play this." <laughs> Joey Wagman, who had thrown the complete game, nine inning game, like three days ago. There was no shot I couldn't give him the baseball. He on three days? On three days, he demanded the baseball. Now. Because you know, I mean, the third day, you're, you're still recovering. But at this point, I owed it to him. And it's adrenaline. Like, he'll get up for the game. He'll figure I, a way, yeah. But then he gives up a run the first inning. I'm like, uh, maybe he's, he's kind of off today, whatever. He throws seven. He, he threw seven Damn. on three days rest. Um, and after 16 the, innings in after, a week. After it's 16 innings in four days. Yeah, <laughs> in four days. And and after he let up the run, like he was pretty legit the rest of the way. Yeah. Um. And and uh, I brought in uh, a guy to get the last out, who is the. Uh, this was kind of a special moment. He's uh, his name is Shlomo Lippitz, and Shlomo is 40 years old, and Shlomo has been playing. He's born and raised in Israel. Uh, lives in New York now, but he, he's born and raised in Israel, and I, I think he's been on national teams since he's 12 years old, like, you know, traveling with the 12U team and the 14U team and whatever. Um, but again, he's not what he was 15 years ago at 40 years old, uh, but I brought him in to record the last out to send us to the Olympics. So, uh, you know, uh, one, one batter, a fly out to right field, and, uh, and here we are. Yeah. So, and then when was that? So when was that? So that was in September. September. That was right. in September, and then and then the goal was obviously you know this uh, this July, and uh, you know it was going to be a lot of fun, and, and and it'll just fast forward a year. But what we're going to do now is next June, Team Israel will be here. We're gonna we're gonna train at uh, the Rock and Boulders 
uh, facility. Yeah, nice. yeah. And we're going to play the That's boulders nice and we're going to play like NYPD. And then we're going to go up to the Cape Cod League and we're going to play a couple of the teams there. Kind of like a spring training to get the guys together. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and one of the most exciting things for me, um, I have like some of the most wonderful kids and they've become like sons to me, you know, in a very short time. Um, but we added a guy that, that a lot of people have heard of and, and, and don't know this. So uh, Ian Kinsler has joined Team Israel. Ian Kinsler retired last year. He's working for the San Diego Padres. I thought he was never going to retire. He played like 20 years. He played a, a long time, I, I right? I think 14 to 16 it's years. And um, Perennial 300 hitter. Like, that's a great, great hitter. Gold yeah. Glover, uh, World Series champion, but not an Olympian. So he... Who did he win the title with? Uh, what team was he on? Do you know? I think uh, the Red Sox. I think he was he on the was Red on that team. He was okay. on the roster. I think he might have been hurt, but he was on the on the on the You're Red right. Sox yep. when they won the World Series. Um, and uh, Ian went through the process of making Aliyah, and uh, and Ian will be part of uh, of the Olympic team in 2021. You know what I also know, like second baseman. Um, he was just not only just phenomenally, uh, phenomenally physically gifted. He's he's a smart baseball player. Like you know, he has that play that everybody's seen. If you're a baseball fan, where he he cams underneath it and sort of lets it drops, turns a double play. Like he's aware of things. He's going an on. incredibly cerebral guy. Yeah. Um, one of the things that made me probably you know most excited. Um, because we do have some young players, you know, is getting guys like Kinsler, Danny Valencia. Uh, another guy is Ryan LaVarnway, who, you know, is a catcher. He's yeah. been in, in and out of the big leagues right now. He's on the 40 man for the uh, Florida Marlins. Um, you know, because part of, um, you know, really what my goal is at the end of all this, having been involved, is to get more excitement within the country of Israel. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Like like sitting here now and telling you I'm not excited about the I'd be lying to your face. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It's wonderful. But the connections and the relationships that I've now made over the last few years with children there, kids that are 14, 12, and 10 who are sending me videos to break down their swings and and help them with pitching, that for me will be what I'm more excited about, a legacy that I can leave with the country of Israel because, and don't get me wrong, like I said, I mean, I, I, being part of this run, it's, it's insane. I mean, I, I still don't believe it, right, because I, I, I'm an Olympian. What? You know, like, how does that happen? Um, but for me, it's equally as important to try and build the love, the interest, and the excitement within the country of Israel so that going forward, there are actually more Israeli-born players looking at these guys and saying, man, I want to be like them, and then, and then mm -hmm. figuring out what it takes to you know, put in the work and, and, you know, and challenge themselves to get better. It's interesting. If you ask me, I only know two Jewish baseball players. One, everybody knows. The other one, nobody knows he's Jewish, but one is Sandy Koufax, right? Go ahead. Everybody knows him. Yep. Rod Carew. Rod Carew, Rod a Carew, lot of people don't, don't realize he's Jewish. Didn't realize that. Uh, they, no, there's a lot that you don't know. Kevin Euclid, Uh was Jewish. Have that, yeah. Um, um, uh, just off the top, of my head, again, you know, we just no, I don't know him, we, and I'm, I know it's not like we just uh, we just discussed Kinsler. Um, 
uh, there's a few more that, that, that jump out at me. Um, but that's exciting. I mean, to, to Sam be- Fold, who played many years. Um, oh, Sam Fold, okay. You know, Sam Fold played uh, for the A's, the Rays, um, you know, as an outfielder. Um, yeah, yeah, Jewish people, you know, generally aren't known for their athleticism, man, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not like there's, you know, a Hall of Fame for Israel baseball players. But, um, you know, so it makes it, that's what kind of makes it even more challenging, you know. So I, I know that teaching and coaching is, is definitely another passion of yours. So being able to, I mean, you, you have such a, a long resume in a sense, but even recently, the last 10 years to go from, you know, this trajectory like Manhattanville, WCC, assistant man, Israel, you know, now you're mm-hmm. an Olympian, but you're also traveling, you're coaching pro guys, former pro guys. So when you come back to the States and now you're talking to a 13-year-old kid who has this dream... How does that allow you? I don't need to know what you tell those kids. I know you like to motivate. I can tell by your energy. You love sure. to motivate. You love to inspire. And I, I know that's part of what you're doing for these kids. Like, like you got to go to work if you think you're going to be like that guy. I'm sure that's some of what you're saying. But just, it, just all this experience, how does that help you deliver an effective message to a teenager in America? So, you know, again, Jeff, I, I work with nine-year-olds. I work with 13-year-olds. The only rule that I have is you have to give as much energy as I'm given. Mm-hmm. At 54 years old, I can't outwork you. So, and if I do, you got a problem, right? You got yes. big problems yeah. because one of the things you know that's kind of heartbreaking for me, uh, especially in our area, you know, Westchester uh, in general, is parents want it a lot more than their kids want it. So it's a special kid that wants to get up to put the work in, to go to the gym, yeah. to, 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 to make sure that he's getting his reps in instead of finding excuses. Um, but for me, I, I, I think regardless of the age of the kid, the life lesson that I try to instill every day is anything in life worth anything to you takes a tremendous amount of hard work. Nobody is born a natural baseball player. Nobody's born a natural basketball player. Um, nobody's born a natural CEO of, of, of a company, right? Nobody starts out as a CEO. They, they work their way up. How many guys have worked their way up from the mailroom, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest challenges that I have in 2020 is smartphones make us stupid, Um Kids are playing more video games today than spending time outside. And then you add this monster, COVID-19, right? So everybody's locked up in quarantine, pandemic. Can I curse? I don't care. I don't give a shit what kind of <laughs> pandemic you got. Find a way. Do, do, do couch push-ups, dude. You know, get your, your ab work in. Hit off the tee. The one thing I can guarantee you is if you hit for one half hour a week and you're playing Fortnite for 14 hours, you're going to be really good at Fortnite and you're going to suck as a hitter. And, and, and those are the types of lessons that, you know, regardless of age and skill set, life is about what you want and then going to get it. But what does it take? And, and not everybody wants to put in the work and wants to grind and wants to hurt. No, nobody wants to hurt. Sacrifice. Nobody wants to. Sac- I mean, not a lot. I mean, that, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about sore muscles. I'm talking about sweat equity, man. 
how many people like say it, but don't really do it. And, and, you know, so watching the last dance with Michael Jordan, no, there's not another Michael Jordan, but he wasn't born that way either, guys. He decided that he was just not going to take no for an answer. He was not going to be outworked. He didn't give a shit if he was like going to blows with his brothers, right? They, you, I, you, you, I was going to ask you about, you watched the, the series, right? Oh, of course. So I was going to ask you two things. One, did you name your son after him? And what do you, because his Michael Jordan's competitiveness, the way it was displayed has been controversial. Okay. I, I want to see your take on how you felt about his, his competitiveness. Okay. Can you go too far? Is there okay. a lesson for kids in that? Okay. So the answer to question one, which I actually didn't even tell my younger son, Brett, until last week was yes. Really? That I loved the name Jordan. I'm 54. I'm two years younger than Michael Jordan. I lived it while it happened. I idolized everything about him. Um, you're not talking about, you know, a college guy who is just a little better than, you're talking about the best guy who made the other best guys look awful. I mean, he could literally flip a switch yeah. and just dominate a game. So, so um, the, the, the name Jordan was great for a boy or a girl because there's a lot of girls named sure. Jordan. Right. So I said to my wife, hey, what do you think about the name Jordan? And so the answer is yes. So that, that, that's where it came from. Um, question two. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use me. Because you can be a sore winner, right? Not that Jordan was a sore winner, but... I don't know that he was a sore winner, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use me as a for instance right now. Right now, you can look at me and say, yeah, I'm really successful and going to the Olympics and, you know, done this, done that, you know, real great business, a, a bunch of travel teams, whatever. But I could never live my life knowing that many people don't like me. I couldn't look in the mirror. I worked hard and wanted you to work hard, but I wasn't going to belittle you sure. to get you to that level. Now, there were very successful coaches that do that. There were yellows, there were screamers. I there, played for one in high school. There, there, there were guys that are physical. He would either destroy guys or guys would react the other. It was both ways. You just... So, so... They could throw things. They can talk about you as a wuss. And talk about your girlfriend, whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's not been my way. Yeah. Jordan, early in his career, would score 60, but he wasn't successful. He wasn't successful by a wins and losses standpoint until Pippen came mm -hmm. and he bought in. And Horace Grant brought, bought in. And Charles Oakley bought in. Paxson. And Paxson bought in. And then, you know, Kerr and those guys came later. But whether Cartwright, it was those guys, Luke, right. Cartwright came later, it was like Luke Longley and Bill Wennington. He wanted to win so bad. You know, again, Jeff, I'm a few years older than you. When he came into the league, it wasn't his league. It was Birds and Magic's league. 
And, he, and even Dr. J. You forget and, Dr. J. Dr. J was, J was at, yeah, but, yeah, but he was, he was at, just already, in the finals two He, years he was at the yeah, end of his yeah, career. Yeah. But Magic but was. But I'm just saying legends. These are ma- legends. Legends. Magic was trying to be. Jabbar was still around. Magic was trying to be Dr. J. Yeah. Jordan, although he was like, you know, getting scoring titles, he was getting MVPs and stuff like that because, you know, scoring 60 and losing is still losing. So. Jordan decided that the guys around him needed to somehow be motivated as he was. So I'm not saying it was right. It, some it, of it could, be, it was could have been method. abusive, but it was his method. And it worked. He, he, they won six championships. Successful or not, I guarantee you to a man, if you asked every one of those guys in Last Dance, if they regret any piece of it, They'd say no. They don't regret any. Well, you heard them say in the piece, they would say, you know, he was an asshole. He was. Every day. But there was always a but. And there was Because they re- know, because we got the rings. Like, That's what, what can I'm we saying? really say? So, so at the end of the day, who I am on the field doesn't translate to who I am off the field. I could be the nicest guy. I mean, let's go have dinner. On the field, I want to kick your ass right. every day. And, and, and so for me, you know, I, I, I only ask you that cause I know you, you coach impressionable teenagers. Sure, so if they go sure, watch that sure. and come into practice the next day and start talking like him, well, I see that wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. No, that's I what I mean. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't allow that. And Jordan wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy at UNC. Uh, he wasn't that guy at the beginning of his career in the bulls. Um, he became that Correct, guy, right, right? But he also became that guy because of the surrounding people around him. Phil Jackson was a laid-back, zen Buddha guy. Yeah, it was great. But a more um, in-your-face type of coach might not have allowed Jordan to be the way he was, right? Like a Pat Riley wouldn't have been a good fit. I don't think so. No. I don't think so, because I I, I think Riley was more in-your-face himself uh, well, with, you saw how Jordan talked about Calipari. Right. Why is he yelling so much? He doesn't need to do all that. And and so so I, I just think it was just, you know, one of those things where, you know, the stars, the moon, and the sun all aligned perfectly. And putting those guys together uh, and having Jackson at the helm, I think, just worked perfectly. Um, I have to ask a question, Lisa, sure. set up from a mutual friend of ours, because sure. I asked him, I told him I was going to have you on today, and he would he would yell at me, uh, Jake Whitney. You All know, right. You know Jake, right? Of course. So I just said, hey, I was texting him before you came in. I said, listen, you're going to have to tune in. I'm, now I'm mad that I couldn't get the Facebook Live to work, but it'll, it'll go off right after we're done. So he'd say, I'd like to hear him talk about the unifying healing power of baseball. With all the terrible things in the news these days and all the political and cultural ways we're divided, I'd like to hear you guys talk about how baseball can play a role in bridging divisions, whether they be, now he said political, cultural, racial, mm. religious, but I think you, you generally know the message. I mean, All right, so here, here's one of my favorite um, stories, and, and Jake, I'm, I'm real happy to, to share this with you. Um, unfortunately, I don't get um, to tell enough people this story, but this is pretty heavy. Um, I don't do politics, I just don't, and I don't do religion, mm-hmm. right? We talked about that early. So for me, Jake, one of the, the heaviest things in the last two or three years of my life was up north in Israel, um, literally when I tell you it's the Galilee, um, it's a stone's throw from Jordan where there's just a whole lot of upheaval there right now. 
There is a school there that I have gotten to go to twice, and uh, you know I could show you pictures and, and what have you. And um, in this school are Jews, Arabs, and Druid kids. Druids are kind of like nomadic people by, by history. They, they just kind of move around. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are Catholic, some of them are Christian. So now you have Muslims, Jews, and Druids in the same class together. I got to teach these people baseball. They, they learn baseball in their school, baseball and softball. Now, when people thank me for doing what I do, I don't know that I have ever felt like from the Grinch that stole Christmas, my heart grew three sizes. When I got to sit there, and it wasn't like, oh, that's an Arab, and that's a Jew, and that's a Druid, and that's a Black and a Puerto Rican. We're all just people, man. And sport and competition and brotherhood is, is to me, I think baseball is a microcosm of what the world should be. I grew up in the Bronx. I did not see color. I still don't see color. Um, the guys that I choose to hang out with in a baseball dugout are guys I'd go to war with, right? That's what we term playing baseball. I'm going to war with you. And the game, it's the, it's the purest game. It's, uh, there, there are things that make me think all the time. Why the base is 90 feet? Why did they make the mound 60 feet, 6 inches? And it's just perfect. It's, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just such a perfect game. And the history of the game that goes back into like, you know, probably mid-1800s and Abner Doubleday, and it, not a whole lot's changed from there. We work harder. You know, baseball players weren't exactly known as athletes until the last, you know, 20 years or so. But baseball has continuously been the thing to help heal our country in in real bad negative times whether it was after you know world war one world war two uh the vietnam war it, it's obviously it, 9-11 and just the you know I, bush at yankee stadium i was there like, i was at that oh game with, with with jordan jordan and i were in left field when 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 he came in we didn't know till later he you know he had a, a bulletproof vest on but it's the one thing that you look forward to you know the whole uh, uh, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet, man. It's, it's, it's the USA. There's nothing that makes you feel better. Jake, I'm going to tell some people this live. I'm probably going to get my ass handed to me for it. But going through this whole pandemic, I know I'm nuts. I drove three hours last Sunday to run a four-hour practice and drive home three hours because the bans have been lifted in parts of Pennsylvania. I needed the normalcy, Jake. I needed to get on a field. I needed to hit fungos <laughs> to, to, to 15, 16, and 17-year-old kids that have been locked up for, for 60 days and just wanted to feel normal. And I think, I think the game of baseball, it, it just helps us be who we are and, 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 and just you know, bring back normalcy to everybody. It's so, I mean, no matter what sport it is, you, you see um – you know, you know that I play bass. I play with Jake. I'm actually managing this year, um, partially because I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. Okay. Um, last year, August 20th, playing second base, backpedaling, went backwards, landed on my shoulder funny, 
grade three AC separation. Okay. All three ligaments completely, you know, off the bone in there. I have a huge bump in here. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about next with you because I'm kind of like looking at things saying I'm 37. So I'm going, damn, man. Like, I, you know, I swung some bats earlier. Didn't feel right. It's not my throwing arm. But, you know, quick movements, lifting a glove. Is that going to act funny? What's I don't know what's going on in there. I elected not to do surgery. Why? Um, you know, the doctor actually, he told me, um, he's, when I went in there, he looked at the x-rays. We did range of motion and all this stuff. And he's like, listen, you didn't lose any range. He goes, you're going to spend a month in this immobilizer. He said, don't move it at all. I followed things to a T, man. I mean, you tell me I need to lose 80 pounds, which mm. I've done before. Give me the, the, the steps. I will do it. Right. You tell me this. So I just listened to him. And after a month went back, he says, all right, now take it off and move your arm as much as possible. Do everything with it. So I was lifting stuff and doing it. But I could lift. It's the strangest thing, Eric, because I could lift um, a 50-pound bag of wood pellets. Doesn't matter. And it's, throw it in. But when I go reach for the guacamole at the table, it's a movement. All of a sudden, oh, it, it locks up. That has started to go away. But I know that you had a serious injury where you thought maybe it was done, right? Sh I don't know if it was done. a shoulder or elbow. Shoulder. It was... Uh, so I need a little encouragement. I need so, a couple of things. Let's talk about injuries, recovering from injury. You know, some people, whether you're younger or older, you may think that that's it. It's not necessarily the case. So, you know, this whole last year with the whole Montefiore thing and, and, and you know, me being on... Kind of famous, Eric. Ah, infamous, you know. But I, I, I tell everybody it's better than being on, like, the back of a milk carton, right? Like, missing. <laughs> but, um, you know, the way it started out was um, my surgeon's a friend of mine. Uh, we used to play ball together. Um, hell of a competitor. He's helped me manage a lot of injuries over the year, over the years. And at um, at 39 years old, I, I, I literally threw a ball. I mean, my arm wasn't feeling great, but I literally threw a ball, and my arm locked up, and it was like I spiked it after scoring a touchdown. Mm. I said, "Man, I I can't do this anymore." And and I went to go see Dr. Levy, and and. And he looked at me at 39, and he said, Eric, listen, you're not a pro baseball player. I wasn't doing baseball full-time back then. He said, um, it won't hurt to hit. Why don't you just go from playing third and short to playing first? And I looked at him. I said, Doc, what are you, crazy? <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Like, no, dude, I got a lot of good years left. You know, that's what I'm feeling like. I thought I had eight, no problem. And now I'm like, wait, am I done? So he looks at me and he goes, do you understand? We do this surgery to 24 year olds, 25 year olds. You're 39. I had, I had torn my labrum and ripped off my biceps tendon. Right. So but, you needed surgery, like not having surgery. wasn't no, an option. they wouldn't. They, no. It, it, had I chose not to do it. I just wouldn't have been able to throw a ball ever again and, and, okay. and, 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 and again, either play first a DH or whatever, and it just wasn't an option. So I begged him, literally begged him, and, and, and he made me sign a contract, a verbal contract, that if he fixed it, he thought he was being irresponsible in the medical field, mm. okay? If he fixed it, I'd never pitch again. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I, I can live with that. He does the surgery. Um, I want to say it's like February or whatever. And, um, you know, like you, I'm in a sling for, you know, a month or so and uh, six weeks, whatever. And I come out and, and start rehab. Let's go. 
And and one of the things for me, um, I was never a big drinker. I, I just don't consume a lot of alcohol. Same. Um, it always causes problems. I never did. But um, if they said to do X with my rehab, I did X plus Y. Right. So I was taking a bunch of Advil. And I just decided at that point I was going to stop drinking altogether because now I needed the Advil to take the pressure off because I wanted to get back on the field. Nothing mattered to me more than getting back on the field. So I had the surgery in February. I was back on the field in May. Now, I was playing the outfield. I, I, I could barely throw the ball. There was, like, no arm strength or, or anything. Um, but I was on the field. I was swinging, no pain, and, and, and I could throw short distance, no pain. But there just wasn't a lot behind it. So I am in – Florida in November. I want to like fast forward. I'm in November. You know the Somers Orioles, Joe D'Aferia? Yes. Yeah, I do. So yeah. I, I'm in Florida with Joe. And we're in a must-win game. And Joe goes, hey, Holtz, can you throw? And I go, <laughs> like, I, signed a I go, Joe, I, dude, I, I'll try, but like I may have one inning. I may have one batter. I, like, I, I, he goes, give me whatever you got. True story. Because maybe before then you long tossed. Like you didn't know what oh, you actually no. had either, right? Well, now I'm, 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 you know, eight months post-surgery, nine months post-surgery. But you haven't thrown off the mound. Haven't thrown off the mound Different in game. a yeah. year and a half. Eight and a third, no hit ball against Team Puerto Rico. <laughs> eight and a third, and no you're, hit you're 38, ball. Uh, no, 30, I am 40, 40, 40 now. Right. I'm 40 now. Eight and a third. And... um we win the game. We make the playoffs. I, it, it, again, I become friendly with the team. I know Rico. Joe's busting your chops the whole game. You don't know what you got left. Like. And he's the one that caused the no-hitter to go away because he could have dove for – anyway. Um, so, so that night, it's like a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Like, you know, when, when, when Jerry would uh, hit Tom and, and its head's like, you know, my shoulder, my – bicep my forearm is throbbing it was so mad at you it was like really my body I, I, literally dude i i flew home the next day with a tens unit like people thought i was a terrorist on the plane i had wires coming out of everything just trying to get my arm back but that night i called dr levy i said hey what are you doing and he goes nothing just got home for dinner with my wife what are you doing i go well I got good news and bad news. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, what's that? I said, well, the bad news is my arm hurts a little bit. He goes, really, why? I go, because the good news is I just threw a nine-inning complete game down in Florida, and he hung up on me. <laughs> and, and, and true story, true story. This is a year and a half after the surgery? Year, uh, nine months after the nine surgery. Months. Nine months, ten months after the surgery. True story. The reason I became the Montefiore guy last year was my surgery was then shared with the medical field, and they decided not to give up on aging athletes. Mm. So where my surgery would have been a 20-some-year-old guy's surgery, now they looked at each guy individually and said, can we get him back on the field? What will it take to get him back on the field? How long will he be, you know, out of work? What's the rehab like? Because they understood 
that playing sports and being involved, it's not just the action, right? It's the, it's the mental part, the emotional part. I want to be part of the team. I want to be with my guys. I want to hang out. So quality of life that to me is probably like the most truly I tell you, I could care about being, you know, on TV and the billboards. I could care less. The fact that that surgery made other physicians stop to think about other people and fast forward today. I mean, I'm 54 years old this November. I threw a complete game down in Florida in a Roy Hobbs tournament on a Tuesday and played shortstop on Wednesday. And, and again, yeah, so when you're asking me, um, I say if surgery is required to live a normal life, normal life meaning you're able to do everything you want to do, there's no question I'm having the surgery or the rehab or the physical therapy or the band work or they're going to set you up with a program because you're way too young to not have an opportunity to do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I, 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 I when am I going to stop? I don't know when I'm going to stop. I'm now on the same roster with both of my sons in, in, in the WRWBL. Nothing makes me happier. I mean, I, I'm the oldest guy in the league by far in the WRWBL. It's an 18 and old, uh, older collegiate wood bat league. I'm not stopping, man. And when I went down to Roy Hobbs in November – I'm looking at the, I mean, not that I'm not old, dude, but I'm looking at these older guys walking over to a field, and I found out they have a 75 and over division. I know. I'm not stopping. When we were in Florida <laughs> together in that in that ESPN tournament, right. that's what they, there was a 75 and older league. There's and no this way guy's I'm playing stopping. shortstop, winging a ball longer from short. That like, is wow, my goal. That's the dream. That's my goal. If I can, if I can be healthy, because it just, it's not because I'm playing baseball at 75. It's what it means that whole time. It means I was healthy, I was active. And you want to be able to do normal stuff. You want to be able to have a catch with the kids. Yeah. You know, so even if it's not at the competitive, like you want to be able to do stuff, normal stuff. What, you know, and there's a lot of things, like you said, just grabbing for the guacamole. Like, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be conscious of how I have to turn my arm if it's fixable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, thank God, you know, it's not like you have a heart condition or, you know, you're asthmatic. This is structural, and, and yeah, so I, I would say have it fixed, dude. The other, oh, I'm hoping it just, I'm hoping this rehab and just doing it without will be fine. Uh, it sounded like if I didn't do it in the first four weeks, it's the chances of it being a successful surgery go, you know, when it's closer mm. to the injury, it's better. We'll see. I'll, I'll get a second opinion. Um, the other thing with baseball, you know, I, I, I meet people. You know, I think the social aspect, you know, I kind of, I don't want to be a downer. I kind of worry about the kids who are not able to, to, to gather in a game on a field, play, learn sure. how to lose, learn how to win, because I think that's important too. Um, but like I, I meet people like you. I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for baseball. Of course. Greg Locke, I met because of baseball. Sure. Jake Whitney, because of baseball. Mark Hudge, you know, Hudgel, sure. Joe. Um, sure. Even, uh, what's his face, the other guy in the Orioles. I don't know, I'm escaping his name with the mustache. Uh, Andy, uh, Al. He had the... Uh, Donnie. 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 Yes, Donnie. Donnie. I, like, I love Donnie. Sure, like, sure. I, like, he's just a great ball player. Sure. And he's still playing... Like, I think he just finished last year. He did. He, he was he playing short. I know. And Sean Darling. I mean, they, they were just good guys in the league. And you look forward to seeing those guys. That's right, Darling. So like, who wants, to, who wants to stop, dude? I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop. Well, you we know? just got the email today from MSBL that said, basically, the earliest that's possible would be, if everything would be perfect, was the, like the second week of July. Who cares? Play through the fall and make it. Oh no, it, I'm fine with that. But I'm, you know, I would play tomorrow. Yeah, but Eric, that's what, no, no, no. I'm with you. But <laughs> you, know? you know, again, 
But there's so many moving parts. It's the baseball field. It's what I do. It's what I do. I mean, it's what I do every day. I mean, and and then it's by state, and everybody has their different regulations. Then we're following the CDC, and I don't care. I'm playing this year. Yeah. Right? I I play on a team in Long Island. I play on a team in New Jersey. I play on three teams in Westchester. I'm playing at some point. And, and again, you know, mentally and physically, and I'll be ready. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working out and doing what I got to do. I'm hoping sports is the answer because over and over again, I hear this summer camp is closed officially. You know, all those camps where people send their kids away, or at least just have a break. You know, I'm hoping something like baseball, football, Base, outside, baseball, soccer. Baseball and softball are definitely going to happen this summer. Where they're going to happen and when they're going to happen like Connecticut opened up already, so I are you have, talking about for kids or MLB kids. as well? I, yeah. For kids, I have five girls softball teams that play for me, and um, Connecticut's opening June twentieth. Like our first tournament, yeah. Connecticut is uh, more things are open than New York. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I know our girls are going to start playing in June. Boys, I think similar timeline. You know, second week of July is more realistic. Um, oh, I can't wait. I don't care how play. hot it is. I mean, that is like the right. dog days of summer. I don't care. Get me out but there. We're going to play again. And, and, you know, again, even the Olympics, you know, I, I had a million people calling me and trying to get, you know, these crazy comments. And, and I told everybody, guys, listen, you know, it's postponed. People are dying, yeah. right? Right. So let, let's think about what we're, we're talking about a baseball game. We're talking about one tournament. We're not canceled. We're postponed one year. Let's get this shit right so that it doesn't happen again. And then our children's children will look back on this like they did the depression and the Spanish flu and all. And, and, and hopefully we'll never have to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully everybody else will survive this. And businesses, small businesses will, will, will not only survive, they'll, they'll come out of this and they'll thrive at the end of it. But, you know, for right now, if you say to me sitting here on May 27th, that, you know, by July 15th, playing baseball, let's go. Let's go. I got to hit the cages. <laughs> I might have to come into game on 13. Hit Anytime. The cages. Anytime. So what's, in, in terms of that stuff, how, um, uh, when are you, do you know, like you have a timeline? Is, no, we're, we're in phase four. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. Are. I mean, okay. I've been doing a bunch of lessons. Um, I know I, you're doing virtual stuff, right? Well, I, I was doing virtual stuff. To be honest with you, um, I really got fed up with virtual. I, 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 it's hard. Sometimes you want to grab a kid's leg. Probably, no, like and, this, right? You can't do that. I, I, so much of being a coach and a hitting coach is um, the engagement yeah. and, and, and the conversation. And, and what did you feel there? And I was just going to say, you can't really feel it's somebody. It's very difficult to do so... Um, again, not embarrassed to tell anybody. That's why I, I tell I, people, I, anybody who's going to be on this podcast had to come here. I couldn't do uh, this over a Zoom. Oh, no it's question. A totally different kind of conversation. I had the virus. I had it in March. I was done with it on April 1st. I have the antibodies. I'm, I'm good. So I, I gave myself this stupid name last week, and I'm calling myself Uber Baseball. Because I'll drive to your house. And, and not only did your kid need it, and don't get me wrong, there are some people... Wearing masks. Sure. And yeah. then there's plenty that aren't wearing masks. Um, they want some normalcy. And and living your life on the computer, I get it. And I'm not saying what I'm doing is right. Especially when it's nice out there. It's right for me. Yeah. I needed to drive to Pennsylvania last weekend because seeing 44 kids spread out throughout a, a field, not one kid in the dugout. We didn't let anybody in the dugout. No high five and no fist pumping. No one parent per kid, like spread out. 
it worked, but it was able to bring some normalcy back to people. I can't tell you how many emails and phone calls and texts thanking me for making them feel normal for one day, for mm-hmm. four hours. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that for me, again, not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. I don't want to be known as a heathen because I'm, go- but you know what? I can't get sick again, we think. And and I'm not going to get your kid sick. So if I can go help your kid feel normal for an hour, that, that's what I'm going to do. I, I like that you do that because I see, at least I have two kids at home. I see psychologically. I mean, I am also there. I see even what it's doing to me. Thank God for this place. This is my getaway. You know, there's four people that work here. We, we're still like taking turns. Like you get, I tell my employee, get, get out of the house. I say all It'll the be time. Good for you. My, my wife's in education. She's an, an administrator. And uh, so Game on 13 is like two miles from my house. So nice commute. It's phenomenal. So like I'll go and I'll work out and I'll come home. I'll shower and then I'll go do some office work. I need to stay regimented. I need to stay organized. I need to be on the go. I'm not the type of person to just sit around watching Netflix and getting fat. If anything, I've lost a few pounds over the pandemic because I started doing stuff that I had never done before. I started. I've like, seen a lot of people go one way or the other. They're oh, either plus 15 or minus 15. Yeah. No, well, I'm not 15, but I'm probably like <laughs> minus four. But that's great. And and. I'm planting outside. I'm building birdhouses and bird feeders. And and I, I with my son, uh, Jordan, I, I, I built a, um, uh, a vegetable box and I planted tomatoes and peppers and, and I, I bought solar lights. And like, you know, my, 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 my house looks my like house. a Christmas tree. Because I got a garden. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, but, but I can't sit still. So every day I'm looking for something to do. And Game on 13 has been my oasis to get out and go back, get out and go back. So I just keep some sort of organization and normalcy because if not, like, why do I need to shower in the morning? Why do I need to, you know, eat dinner at night? I have to stay regimented because, you know, we are going to be normal again. It may be the new normal, but we need to stay on some sort of schedule. You need to be healthy for yourself, just a routine. It's mentally. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, it's almost 1.30. I know you're a busy guy. I think you had something at 2, so I don't want to keep you here too long. I think we're done. Um, I did want to just quickly, because yeah. um, I'm a dog lover, I want to hear about Samson. Oh, Tell me about Samson. Is, is Samson the only one, or you got more? Uh, Samson's my best friend. Samson, um, I had labs before Samson. I had a Norwegian elk count before them. That's my, I painted that. That's my dog, Zoe. Awesome. Shepherd Husky. Awesome. Lost her two years ago, you know. So I lost my labs at 14 and 13, a, bo- a boy and a girl, and, and, and they were great. I said, I'm never going to get a dog again. And um, four years ago, um, reality hit me that my older son was in law school and my daughter was at, away at college and my younger son was going to be going away to college soon and my wife has works crazy hours and I work crazy hours. I want a dog. And true story, um, I chose the dog and I'm playing in the tournament in Cooperstown and I drive home Friday night. I say, hey, babe, what are you doing tomorrow? She goes, nothing. Why? I said, do you want to um, drive, take a drive with me to, to Lancaster? She goes, Lancaster? For what? So I show her the, a picture of Samson, who you know, is this little tiny thing. And she goes, are you out of your effing mind? She goes, you got him? I said, well, not yet. I'm getting him tomorrow. Four years later, Samson's a Bernese mountain dog. And um, 
he's everybody's favorite person. I, he, he, he's just, he's a, he comes to work with me every day. So 155 pounds, I pick up and put down in my truck every day because he can't get up to my pickup truck. Um, but the kids look for him. The kids at Game On 13 look for him. He's with me every day. He comes everywhere I go, other than obviously if I go overseas, he can't come, you know. But he gets depressed if we're not together. I get depressed if we're not together. And um, yeah, he's he's truly an emotional supporter. He's just he's the greatest animal ever. And uh, you know, he uh, he'll sleep where I'm sleeping. He gets jealous if I hug my just hug my wife. He's right <laughs> in between us, and he breaks it up. Um, but he's, he's just, yeah, he's been a godsend, man. He's, uh, and I, I truly, I, I got him because at that point in my life, I didn't know if I wanted to commit to another 14, 15 years. I know what you mean. But Bernie's live eight, 10 years. And now thinking that he's going to be four, I'm miserable because he's true. Like when I say he's my best friend, I mean, he's just, he's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever. From here, I'm not even going back to work. I'm going home to get him to bring him back to work with me because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want him away from me for too long. But he's yeah. one of those dogs like I used to have my dog Zoe. It just looks like they're always smiling. Samson looks like he's always smiling. And it doesn't matter, Jeff, if I'm, if I'm doing yard work, he's sitting next to me. If I'm uh, doing the lawn, he'll walk with me. He's just like, I don't know, man. It's like he really has been like just a gift in my life. Yeah, he's great. Um, so just to wrap it up, um, best ways to get in touch with you is your website, Game On 13. Is that the, yeah, is I that mean, the way that, to go? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, Game On 13, or my email is uh, ericgameon13 at gmail.com. Um, we didn't really touch on it. Game On 13 is just a sports facility in Elmsford. So Game On 13 is about a 15,000 square foot baseball, softball, strength and conditioning um, uh, training facility. And we train athletes from truly like five to 75 and uh, not just baseball softball our strength coach is phenomenal i mean we have uh, uh swimmers and and lacrosse players and rugby players and uh you know we we train athletes that want to get better i mean we we uh, do nutrition in there as well i mean but but most of what we do is baseball softball yes Eric, thank you for being here today. If you are looking to improve your sports skills, get in touch with Eric. If you want a motivational guy, if you want to follow an Olympian, follow Eric Holtz on Instagram. Eric, thank you. Appreciate Thanks for it. having me, man.